Hey, it's Deborah Adams, and you're listening to the Everyday Christlike Podcast, where we focus on representing Christ each and every day. Be blessed as you listen. Hello, and welcome back to Letting Go, Parenting Adult Children. Well, we're wrapping up our series today as we dive into the last two letters of our adult acronym, A-D-U-L-T-S, looking at T, timing, and S, surrender. If this is your first podcast, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the other parts of letting go so that you get the full message. Let's start and see where the spirit takes us today. Timing. Have you ever heard of the saying, timing is everything? I believe that there's a lot of truth in that statement. You know, when you're raising young children, it's necessary for us to address and solve problems quickly. Being responsive to listen and to hear and to help is one of the ways that we can build confidence in our young child that not only do we care about them, but that God cares too. Being non-responsive can send the message that nobody really cares. And if a parent doesn't care about the issues that children are having, how can we expect them to ever learn that God cares? But when it comes to dealing with the adult child, timing can build the person's ability to connect with God, but almost in an opposite angle, kind of like flipping the coin. If I'm too quick to respond and to solve the problem, have I given my child, my adult child, the opportunity to learn that God cares about them? Am I giving them a chance to learn that God cares about them as an individual on their own and not because mom has prayed or because mom has come to the rescue again. Giving time for a person to seek and to hear God on their own is one of the hardest lessons that a parent can learn. The reason is, is because it's a lesson called faith. Faith that God is working on that child's behalf and they're doing it without my involvement. Imagine that. Faith in the character of God so that no matter what comes, what it looks like, how long it may take, we believe that God is sovereign and that he's the one that's looking out for our adult and he can do that much better than I can. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And if you go down five more verses in verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him meaning God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So I just have to learn this lesson of faith and trusting God with my children as an example of how they can trust God so that we can all move forward in our relationship and it be a relationship that is pleasing to God. You know, God exists as an eternal, infinite being outside of time. He's just simply not limited by time as humanity counts it. In 2 Peter 3.8, it says, But do not overlook this one fact, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Look at that. Look at his eternal perspective. He's omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent, meaning he literally has no limits. He sees the end from the beginning and he has existed throughout time from that place. 
I don't know. Can human beings really fully understand or grasp this concept? Probably not to its fullest. But we can work to view life from an eternal perspective and to know that until the return of Christ, the, and I quote, the end of the story has not been told, unquote. This little saying is something that my husband and I use to encourage each other when God's timing doesn't match up with my fix-it-quick timeline or the microwave process I want to see take place when challenges come or the kids are having to deal with issues that need to be resolved. But what does God say about time? Let's look at Ecclesiastes 1 through 8. It says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, time to mourn and a time to dance, A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's literally a time for everything. Because God sees from his eternal all-knowing view, he knows best the time that is necessary for us to mature, grow, establish, and to fix our faith on him. We were talking about faith. In order to fix it on him, we need to give grace to ourselves and allow ourselves to go through this time concept. Who am I to cut short this process? I'm nobody. And I must remember that in order to mature, grow, and be established in one's faith, I have to surrender to the timing of God. I have to surrender to the will of God. So that brings us to our next letter. The letter S is surrender. I'm going to open this up with a text from the Bible. I'm hoping that you will really hear what God is saying here to us. It's from Mark 14, and it says... Going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Do you recognize this story? Here we are, we're in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night that Jesus was taken. He was tried, condemned, and ultimately crucified on the cross for our sins. I really want you and hope that you can hear the agony in his voice as Jesus cried out to the Father. He was pleading with him to find another way. Look at this. He says, all things are possible for you, period. Remove this cup from me, period. Yet not what I will, but what you will, period. He knew God had the power to change all situations. My goodness, Jesus had been with him during creation. He had worked with him as he created something, this world that we're living in, from nothing. The word says that the world was without form and void. It was absolutely nothingness here. And God spoke. The world was created. God knew this power. Jesus knew this power. So when he struggled in the garden, praying, crying to his father, change the process. His agony was so deep that he was sweating drops that were like blood. And I wonder about the time between the period when Jesus said, remove this cup from me, and when he then said, yet not what I will. You know, during this space and time, was Jesus breathing deep and hard? 
Was this where he was sweating the drops of blood? And was this where the Father showed him us who it says is the glory that was set before Jesus? We were the glory that was set before Jesus that spurred him on so that he could finish the statement, not what I will, but what you will, my Father. This space and time was so critical. And I don't know if it was a quick moment or if it was an hour, but I know that Jesus himself asked for an alternate option to solve the issue of sin. And when the alternative was not available, he surrendered. Surrender is not as easy as it's preached or it's taught. Surrender is like a series of heartbeats. They're pounding as we have to let go of the things that are precious to us. The good and the bad, if they're precious to us, we're surrendering. We have to let go. It's a difficult thing. You know, I think of the streams of tears that I've cried when trying to surrender something to God. Surrender is like opening our hand and trusting Him or maybe only hoping that when I release this to God, I'm going to get the desired outcome that I want. And then when the outcome is not what we've asked for, remember Jesus asked that the cup be removed and the answer from the Father was no, surrender requires that we accept and trust that God knows best. Surrender's not only an action of our will, but it's a mental dissension and then it's a final, it's a heart belief that his will is better than my will. Surrender is believing Isaiah 55 and 9 that says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. I want to drive this home with a couple more scriptures from the resource list that you have available. In Job 11, starting at verse 13, the word says, Surrender your heart to God. Turn to Him in prayer and give up your sins, even those you do in secret. Then you won't be ashamed. Then you will stand confident and fearless. Isaiah 40, 28 was a scripture that was given to me really early on in my walk with God. And I have stood on it over the years and gone back to it. It's really been helpful. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. And then in Joshua, the first chapter at verse 8, it tells us what to do with all of this information. It says, this book of the law, the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meditating is simply mulling it over, mulling it over in your mind and your heart. So you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for when we do all that is according to what is written in it, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. And then finally, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, which we're probably more familiar with, God's word says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. These key verses are all about surrender. They're all about our ability to let go and let God. 
The only way that I can responsibly let go of my children and allow them to be all that God created them to experience and to become is through the help of the Holy Spirit. On my own, I'll tell you, I'm a mother bear. On my own, I will rise up, I will defend, rescue, and I will keep my children from being hurt by this world every chance that I get. But you know what? That posture and that position can be crippling for them. I have to keep my spiritual tank full. I have to worship, pray, and read the scriptures if I am to grow and continue to grow in my ability to let God have his way with the ones that he put into my care. You know, it may seem really arrogant to think that I struggle, you know, struggle with letting in the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God have complete liberty in their lives. Why would I struggle with that? But to be honest, there's times that I do. There's times when I must remind myself that on my knees, being humble before God is the only platform to victory that I'm going to have because I'm holding on so tight. Proverbs tells us that we need to acknowledge that God's ways are not our ways, that we need to move past our own human understanding, and that we need to surrender to God and His ways. Over and over again, we hear in scriptures that His ways, his way of dealing with things, his way of working things through, his way is far better than our way. And it's only through keeping this eternal perspective in mind that we're really able to let go and let our children have the opportunities that God wants for them. Finally, I had a really wise person show me something about letting go. Now, in order for this to work, you're going to have to participate. So I want you to take your hand and I want you to stretch it out in front of you, arm's length. Come on, do it. I'm doing it. And I want you to put your palm up. Now, I want you to envision your adult child and they're standing in the middle of your palm. Now, ball your hand into a fist. So at first, when you look at this, it looks like, oh, I've created a really safe place for my child. Nobody can harm him or get to him there. But look again. Look what's happening to that person that's inside there. They're being smothered. They're curled up. They're crouched down. They can't move. They're in this parental cocoon, but there's no light and there's no air. They're literally being suffocated. The other thing about this position is you can't receive anything from God and neither can they because you have literally smothered them. Nothing can be added. They can't get wisdom. They can't get blessing. They can't get anything when we have them all curled up in our fist, right? So I think you get the point. So now slowly open your hand. And as you do, I want you to envision and think about them getting up from that crouched position, standing up, stretching. And now they're looking up to receive from God all that he wants them to have. They're standing there. Their arms are stretched out. That's the position that we want to release our children into. And the only only thing that can be done to make that happen is when we allow them to receive their life through our blessing of letting go. Well, I hope that this series has been helpful to you. We've been looking at our acronym, ADULTS, A-D-U-L-T-S, to help remind us that our relationships with our children, they will last for as long as we're on the earth, but they have to change over time. And in that change, we can always look to adults, advice, 
discernment, understanding, legacy, timing, and surrender to hopefully help us to make the right choices and the right time to let go and let God have his way. Thank you for joining us with Letting Go, and I hope that you will access the other resources that are available as we together grow and work every day to be Christ-like.